Hey guys, welcome to episode three of Filter. Last episode was so crazy because it was the official launch of Filter and so it was out there. People were able to get it and people were so nice about it. So many legends said so many nice things and I really appreciate everyone taking the time out to listen to it. And I also appreciate everyone rating the podcast. It's really tough to get podcasts cut through at the moment because they're great and so they listen to a lot of them. So it's hard to be found now. But everyone who did an Instagram story about it last week, I really, really appreciate you. You know, And some people ask, what more can I do to help? And the best thing to do is to rate the podcast because Apple look at download quantities, you know, and we've got that bit covered, you know, feel free to tune in more, of course, but we've got that bit. We're on the map with that. So we need ratings and that's how you can help. Just throw it just a a simple quantity star thing. Uh, You don't have to write anything cute unless you want to just uh, click one of those star amounts. Um, and that helps just a little thing like that goes a long way after last week's episode add some bad news a few people wrote to me and they they felt some kind of comfort in what I said about harassment and sexual harassment at gigs and I was a bit disappointed that after you know standing against that on the podcast you know, I was to hear more, more sexual harassment going on. And I know it doesn't just end like that, but, you know, to hear more details was kind of, yeah, it was just disappointing that that stuff happens within the industry. So I won't mention any names, but I received this message in in particular, and I want to read that one. And then I want to read my response to it just in case it helps anyone else. This person wrote, basically, I had a triple A pass. And when the three songs were over, the security guard was telling me to get out of the pit. I told him, no, I was expected to shoot the whole show. I went and got the promoter who came back with me and told, told the security guard to let me stay. But when I squeezed past the security guard into the pit, he grabbed my ass. I probably should have said something, but I shoot at the venue a lot. And being new to the world of music photography, I don't know. Thankfully, I haven't seen him again. And I was really sad to hear that. I wrote back, that is disgusting. I'm so sorry you had to deal with that. It's common security don't get the brief about AAA, but that's not your fault and it's not his. But him grabbing your ass is fucked up and it shouldn't be tolerated. There's lots of good security out there. But I've also seen many security guards be dismissed for poor behavior like this, even though it wasn't to do with sexual harassment at the time. I reckon next time speak with a venue manager after the show because it's easiest to explain your situation with less noise and ask them to let you know of the outcome of the action that they took or the security company took against that person. Otherwise, you'll never know what they did to rectify the situation. Don't lose faith. There's lots of great people in the industry, but there's a few bad eggs too. Together, we can hold them accountable for their poor choices. So that's what I wrote. Normally, I won't read messages that I write back that came about from the podcast, but I think it's really important to share whatever info 
you know, I can think of because obviously this is a really big problem and we can change it together. But, you know, you should never feel like being new to an industry means you have to be, you know, you have to accept being treated poorly. You don't have to accept that just because you're new, you know, but that's how I would handle that. So if, if anything comes about and you can't notify the authorities or you can't do anything at that time, um, or, you know, basically what I'm saying is there's, there's people you can go to and people care. So definitely, you know, take advantage of those around that can actually take action on your behalf. And if you can't, if there's no one around, you know, hell, you can contact me. Because obviously this is a problem. We can change it together, but you should never feel like being new to an industry means you have to accept being treated poorly in it because you don't. All right. This week, it's a positive episode. This week, I'll be at the zoo for Cloud Nothings with Electric Zebra on Tuesday with Wax supporting Fallout Boy on Wednesday. Fallout Boy's new album is pretty good. Like, I've, I've liked Fallout Boy on and off again, but I've definitely liked new Fallout Boy, and it's up there with Folly Ado. Big call, but that's what I think. And then I'm going to be with Maxwell Stern of Signals Midwest and Pinch Hitter at my home and my loveland, Crowbar. All right, let's jump into these questions. Question number one, how do you find your own style? Sent in by Matthew Gilligan. Style's a hard one to determine because everyone's individual and it's impossible to describe it. But it does take ages to find your own personal style. So I think the key is to be patient with it. I think shooting heaps of content is the best way to start. And then sit back and take a look at all the photos you did and all the edits that you made to them and start to see what those common threads are there. Whatever those common threads are, that's your personal style. It just hasn't been chiseled out into what you can call your style. That's so defined to be your style. To chisel it out more, you need to do two things. Firstly, you need to be consistent with the trends that you identified. And then secondly, you need to shoot with your style in mind. Both of those really tie back to editing because that's where most people's style becomes really apparent. Some photographers' style is to be exclusively black and white. Some are to purposely blur the movement of a subject. You know, some are to reduce the sharpening so everything is glossier and, and far less sharp than it probably was even straight out of the camera. And others sharpen images a lot and they compensate it with added grain. There isn't one right style, I guess is what I'm saying. And that's the best part about photography. That's why we're in photography. So it's exciting to explore that. If you want to jumpstart that discovery, and I wouldn't recommend this because I think it takes that fun out of photography that I was talking about what you could do is look at three photographers' body of work and identify three characteristics that appear in all of their photos. 
then you take those characteristics and you apply them to your own photos when you take them and see what fits the photos that you take. And and that's one way you can do it, but I think it takes a fun out of it. You know, it's it's just um it's just a bit of a shortcut. Trust me, like the long way is the better way. So um definitely be consistent with it, tie it back to your editing. Um, and see what common threads you're naturally producing and then, you know, really harness them with consistency. But I think one thing that I'll leave you with is that, you know, know when you've gone too far with exaggerating your own style elements because subtlety is the key. Otherwise, it'll work against you and it'll look over-edited and overthought. So definitely keep it subtle. All right, question number two, how do you find things that you want to photograph in terms of themes or subjects and what kind of setting you want them in? With musicians and band photography, you found a spot, but for someone starting out, do you have any advice? Because I'm trying to do a running theme with a giant rubber duck and I'm struggling for a setting. Sorry for the ramble, keep up the great work, sent in by Troy Britton. And when, when I received this, this question, I instantly thought back to when Ice-T was doing his podcast, he had like a call-in section and I called into it and I asked Ice-T a pretty similar question. I asked what he likes and dislikes photographers doing when they're taking his photo. And he said that for him, the photographer needs to think through the whole photo and that includes the setting. So... You know, he recommended you pay extra mind to the surroundings and the themes of the actual photo or the setup. So he said that if he was asked to do a theme that didn't work for him, he just flat out wouldn't do it. And if he did end up doing it, people would know that he didn't really want to do it or his heart wasn't in it because you can just tell. You can just tell by the energy of the photo. And I think I think he's right. So while it wasn't exactly specific to you, you know, if I think along those lines and if you think along those lines, I think we can start to see, you know, a recommendation fall out of that, that you need to think about the setting just as much as the subject. So I would go out a day or so before and find a good location. You have to do the exploring at roughly the same time your actual shoot's going to be. So the light is as close to the same as it would be at your actual shoot time. You might need to go to multiple locations, but it's worth taking the time to see locations in person. Google Street View just doesn't sort of have that same that same effect and you won't see the color in the light and you know new buildings will be up and it'll block light and it'll reflect light a little bit differently. So you have to see it in person. And you never know when you get out to one of the locations, you might come up with an awesome idea and revert to a studio shoot anyway. And I find that's the benefit of getting out there. Fresh air always seems to clear my mind anyway. Question number three, the final question for this episode was, where do you look for feedback? Sent in from Nath. It's a really good question because it seems really simple, but at its heart, it's not. And I'll preface this with the note that everyone's opinion is valid. But 
here's a few things that I've learned when I've been getting feedback over the years. First and foremost, your family and friends will often lie to you. They lie because they don't know what they're looking for and because they love you so much. And they're looking at it through rose-colored glasses because of that love. And so they're looking at you and they're saying, oh, you know, I love him so much. He's going to be so great. They believe in you so much and that's so nice. But, you know, those rose-colored glasses is effectively going to sort of taint your work as well or taint the feedback for your work as well. So, you know, I do care about their opinion. I care about their thoughts on it, but I won't proactively go and say, what do you think of this? I guess it doesn't help me make decisions on what I should do differently or anything like that, because they're always going to say it's great. And when I started, one of my uh, pet peeves, and I didn't find this out until later, is started to see this trend. I'd say, hey, what do you think of this? And they'd say, oh, it's great. You know, it's just fantastic. You're such a good photographer. And then a year later, I'll take a photo and they'll go, wow, you're you're really great. Like, you know, when you started, I was just letting you know that, you know, you were good, but now you're actually good. And then another year later, they hit you up or they, you know, you ask them what they think and they go, hey, look, I just wanted, you know, I wanted to support you early on. But now I promise you're really good. It's always like, you know, hey, you know, I was supporting you before and and now I'm actually telling you the truth. And when that happens a fair few times, it's pretty clear to see that it's love speaking, which is really, really nice, but it might not be, you know, the best source for feedback. The other thing that I've learned is that photographer feedback is too educated for what's actually useful once you've been out and shooting for a while. And that sounds a little pointed, but what I mean by that is asking photographers exclusively for feedback on an ongoing basis will get you their feedback, which is useful, but it's feedback from their bank of knowledge. So taking that feedback, you take every bit of feedback from them, which inevitably sort of turns you into them or it changes your style to theirs. And that's not their goal, but that's what will happen because they, they have a technical knowledge. So to combat that, I also seek out feedback from creatives, you know, from other visual arts spheres, like painters, sculptors, sketch artists, dancers, anyone who understands arts, because they have the same understanding of what goes into creating something as us photographers do. They understand the emotion, but they don't have any knowledge about the technical side. So they're talking about emotion and impact rather than a formulaic sequence of recommendations. Since most people aren't photographers, your largest audience segment is going to be those with no technical knowledge. So that's why I find visual artists of the same genres and ask them for feedback. And and they're the people that I ask most often what they think of something. And similarly, if I was a painter, I wouldn't ask another painter what they thought of my painting. You know, if I wanted to specifically know how to do something, I would ask someone in the same visual arts field. 
because they'll tell me how to do it. But it'll be how you do it before the actual emotion hits, if that makes any sense. So if it's feedback on a finished product, I would probably ask two photographers and then eight visual artists from other genres to get, you know, a well-rounded viewpoint on how the finished product looks to them because emotions, what, what you're chasing. Um, and no matter how much people want to be speaking from the emotion standpoint, when you know a thing or two about how to create something generally it's really hard to put that behind emotion when giving feedback to uh, someone else. So that's, that's the three questions for this episode. And I came up with some awesome ways to drive filter into the future. Some cool guests that I've identified, some friends of mine, where we can get them involved and have them answer your questions alongside me here and there. So we'll spice it up with that. It's going to be a big week. So if you have a big week, good luck. You'll kill it. If you don't have a big week, use your time wisely. Revisit some of your old photos. There's probably some gems in your library there that you just haven't edited yet. But most importantly, have a great week. Keep it positive, And we'll see you next week for another episode of Filter. Have a good week.